start, but a deeper grasp of Scripture as a whole is a must. For more Bible-based parenting help, visit LicensedToParent.org. Hello, everybody, and welcome to SWAT Radio. I'm David Gray, and for Brad Sykes today, along with my friend Doug McCary of His Light Ministries, and we are glad you're with us here on SWAT Radio. If you haven't listened for a while or you're a first-time listener, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth, and we are a live show every day from 3 to 4 Eastern Time, or most days anyway, and uh, we are going through um, verse by verse right now, the book of Acts, and we're in chapter 21 of the book of Acts, kind of keeping pace with the SWAT Bible studies that happen in the Jacksonville area during the week. Uh, As we talk today, if you want to give us a call with a question or a comment, you can contact us at 844-777-7928. And Doug, how are you? It's been a while since you and I have been uh, together in the studio. Yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, Thank you uh, for always been available to fill in i appreciate having you in here and uh it has been fun because you and i always do some kind of seinfeld (laughs) usually but uh anyway i know you're a golfer uh and because you and brad talked exclusively about the tpc on friday we won't spend a lot (laughs) that is not true i listened that was i told my wife they're talking about (laughs) golf it's okay to talk about the golf it was only the first Real, segment. Yeah, but at least today we can bring in a spiritual component <laughs> because Scotty Scheffler, the guy who won the TPC out here, is a believer and chose his caddy because his caddy was a believer. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be partnered up with a believer. And I'll just tell you, it was so fun to watch him play. Uh, even just watching him and his caddy, the way they got along, watching him how when he did his interview – I just thought, uh, and you and I were talking before the program about even the commentators commentating on one of the reasons he's so stable is because of his Christian faith. Yeah, yeah. It it really does show through. He's very humble, uh, got a great self-deprecating kind of an attitude, you know, when he's interviewed. Um, One of the things that I think we might have mentioned on a a past broadcast is there's there's a show that's on Netflix now. Uh, called Full Swing, and it's a show that is documenting, it's kind of a documentary style, eight episodes in the first season about the PGA Tour, and there is an episode that features a lot about Scotty Scheffler and shows him, uh, actually shows him, you know, early in the morning uh, reading his Bible, and, and it's not a long segment, but it talks about, he talks about his uh, his faith and the importance of his faith to him and uh, how it grounds him and all of that, so... Um, it was really good to see him with his family as we were talking also his grandmother was there and 88 years old i guess lives in the ponte Vedra area and uh followed him around for four days 18 holes a day you know and and when asked how he was going to celebrate he said i just want some of my grandma's pancakes that's right isn't that funny that's right yep yep i mean and he's clearly having um it's being noticed by other guys i saw a few uh clips from the press conference where other players were asked about uh, Scheffler. And, and one guy, I think it was Tom Hoagie, who, by the way, set the course record out there on Saturday shooting 62. Wow. He said he talked about Scheffler as a player, 
But then he said he's an even better guy than he is a player. Yeah, that's that's what and, people. A yeah. lot of people said that they talked yeah. about the quality. And even was it la was it at the Masters where his dad said, "I'm proud of your character." Yeah, he I mean, said, "You're a good man." He said, "You're a better better man than you are a player." And yeah. Tom Hoagie said that, and Hoagie actually added, "And that's more important to me than how he is as a player." Well, and you could see it in the interview. One of the things Lori brought out that was really good. We were talking. What we're watching the post post tournament interview was he kept saying "we we we" yeah. talking about him and his caddy, right? His you whole know, team, I, yeah, means, yeah. I mean, yeah. like, yeah. I mean, he's just, but, but he, he referenced his yeah. wife, uh, right. uh, you know, which was just really great. High school sweethearts, yes, yep. and uh, and you know, you could just tell. First person he hugs, his wife comes up there, he gives her a hug, and and it's it's just this warm embrace. And he's mm -hmm. asked in the interviews afterwards about, well, what are you going to do with all that money? I don't know. I hadn't even thought he I mean, was surprised. I'm not saying four he didn't and a half know. Yeah, million. Yeah, I know it's unbelievable. Dollars. I heard a stat um, in 1992. So we're not talking a hundred years ago. In 1992, the first place prize money, first place was two hundred and forty thousand dollars. Isn't that crazy? Which is a lot of money. It's now over four million dollars. Well, second place was yeah. two seven. Yeah, the whole <laughs> the whole purse is well. There, this is the live golf effect, right? They're trying to keep up with this rival tour. But anyway, he didn't even. I think he probably was aware. I'm not saying he didn't know, but he kind of was surprised when somebody reminded him of how much first place was. So yeah, but so <laughs> it, it was good to watch. And you know the weather. By the way, the weather here in Jacksonville, rainy, uh, sixty. Which you know for us, maybe that's cold. You know, I, I I'm wearing a jacket, and uh, I was getting uh, David when I came in, <laughs> but. Our, our friends out in Boise or out toward the Idaho area, not Boise, but out in that area. It's in the 40s and rain. And uh, Virginia Beach up there, you guys got it in the 40s and cloudy. Meridian's in the 50s and rainy, which it, time it's rainy and in that temperature range is cool. Big nor'easter uh, coming for the northeast tonight with uh, snow. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And uh, I was talking to James earlier, and James said that, out west, James Grimm, he said that, uh, man, this has been one of the coldest, most snowy winters I've mm -hmm. had out there. Yep. So uh, just uh, be careful <laughs> if you're listening out that way, and uh, especially on the rainy roads. And uh, I'm glad that, uh, glad that you're in here, David. You know, a lot's gone on since you and I have been on here last, uh, but really just over the last few days, um, I saw this. I thought it was funny. It was not a Babylon B, but it was somebody that I thought it was really funny. They said, listen, uh, the Silicon Valley Bank is changing their name to the Bank of Ukraine, and uh, they hope to get a bailout pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that sounds about right. <laughs> Did you yeah. see that? Isn't that crazy? That the, that's a, isn't that the second largest bank? I, I get it's a big deal. I'm The business that I'm in, uh, we we deal indirectly with some of these banks and, and we've had to kind of scramble to let customers know how we're responding to, to this. I, I want to say that there's something else going on with another bank known as it might be sovereign bank. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. That's a big bank too. <clears throat> but even Wells Fargo had issues, yeah. you know, but they, they all lost billions of dollars within a matter of a couple Scary. of days. Yeah. Yep. It, it is another reminder that, uh, <laughs> We, God is in control, and our trust has to be there, and not in uh, not in these kind of things, because there's always going to be something going on. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know if you saw this article, but uh, over in England, uh, 
they have uh, paid out over $10 million to people who had to get the COVID jab over there and had adverse side effects. Did wow. you know that? No, I did not know that. Yeah. But there um, is more and more coming out on that topic, that's for sure. There were 4,000 4, claims um, uh, which were, were giving them 120,000 pounds. So, I mean, I mean, uh, they got 120,000 pounds per person. Now, I, I think a pound is about a buck and a half, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know what the current rate is, but it's it's more than a dollar for sure. Some, uh, it's been as high as twice the dollar. Uh, what how much? What did I just say? 120,000 pounds? Yeah, 120. Yeah. That's uh, 145,000 dollars. Okay, actually, yeah, yep. per person because they had to take the jab. So why are they doing that? Um, well, apparently there was a problem with it, and uh, you know, it's it's just bad. Nothing's really changed in that arena. There's which is the crazy thing now is you drive through Georgia, you drive out west, you drive in the Midwest, up north. There are advertisements everywhere. Do the right thing, get the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. now, even now. Yeah, and it just—I I think it. Well, I thought it was over. Isn't yeah. it over? Didn't he when say? I was in—I uh, was in New York. I don't know a month ago for work, just traveling, and uh, just I walked around briefly in in Manhattan, and there's still COVID testing sites that are like little tents on the side of the road, <laughs> and and all kinds of signs for for the vaccine and things like that. So it's yeah, it's 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 still still highly hyped. In other parts of the country, for sure, it's it's not so much here. But uh, well, uh, one of the things that uh, went on last night that nobody really paid attention to was the Academy Awards. Or <laughs> <Are> the <laughs> wasn't that last night? I, it was. I I I happened to see a headline about it this morning, but I did not pay any attention to I it. I was kind of. Uh, All I know well, is I, Top Gun I, didn't win. Well, well, I know, and I was surprised. Uh, I was kind of wondering if uh, Jimmy Kimmel might get slapped this year. You know, people were taking bets whether right, he would get right, slapped. Right. But uh, if you didn't watch last year or you didn't know, Will Smith slapped Chris Rock last year, who was the host, and this year it was Jimmy right, Kimmel. Right. Uh, it, 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 that whole thing is just a me, 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 me. I, it's, kind of thing yeah it? it's we were talking before the before the break though it was uh refreshing to see this there was an article that came out yesterday um where rain wilson who played dwight on the office and has been in a lot of other things but you know just made a made a very factual kind of comment and a bunch of other people chimed in about hollywood's anti-christian bias and talking wait about, there's an anti-bias there is, that's, i know in, that's hard to believe hard to believe but uh he was talking specifically about a show that I'm not familiar with, but he was talking about a character on this show that was a preacher. Uh, mm-hmm. And he said that he knew that as soon as this character started quoting Bible verses or reading from the Bible, that he was going to be some kind of horrible villain mm-hmm. in the show. And he was right. And mm-hmm. and he and his comment was, can we ever have a preacher in a movie or a TV show that's actually loving and kind? Mm-hmm. Because there's obviously lots of them <laughs> that are mm. like that, and uh, and uh, the 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 Christians are you know always portrayed as psychos or weirdos or or violent or whatever it is using Christianity as a front to to hide all these 
you know, terrible things. Hey, well, did you hear about, I I don't know if you heard about this last week, Mayor Eric Adams um, of New York City um, said, uh, don't tell me, he he was giving a speech at an interfaith, I think it was a prayer breakfast they did up there, says, don't tell me about separation of church and state. State is the body, church is the heart. If you take the heart out of the body, the body dies. um, It was his administration's interfaith uh, breakfast, and he said, I can't separate my belief because I'm an elected official. When I walk, I walk with God. When I talk, I talk with God. When I put policies in place, I put them with a God-like approach. Now, whether you agree with his policies or not, just to make that statement. certainly a correct comment, the right comment. uh, And, you know, a lot of people confuse separation of church and state because of Jefferson's letter right. that he wrote to the Danbury Baptist, but that was never to separate. Uh, uh, it was to make it so that you couldn't impose your denominational uh, beliefs Correct. on everyone. Correct. But Government never, can't force religion on anyone. Th- th- That's what it's all about. Well, it what, you, yeah, and back then it was not even religion. It was you can't force your conviction right. in a religion right but it was never about separating faith in the state correct uh so well hence the the you know look back at all the old federal buildings and government buildings they, they all have, have 10 commandments ten on commandments them. or bible quotes or you know it's it's everywhere yeah. it was intertwined so anyway we are coming up to our first break glad you're with us on swat radio give us a call at 844 777 7928 if you have a comment or question on anything that we're discussing or on the text that we'll be getting into in Acts. Come right back after the break. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. As God calls us to serve Him, He calls us to study. Conservative Theological University provides studies on campus and online personalized distant education studies that lead to your certified degree. Earn your associates, bachelor's, master's, or doctorate. Call 1-800-GO-BIBLE today. Please leave your contact information for the staff to reach out to you. That's 1-800-GO-BIBLE for Conservative Theological University. When I pray, I'm really only asking God for help. How much time do you spend praising God? I don't really get around to praising Him much. Are you taking time to praise God? Here are nine reasons why we should develop a lifestyle of praise. Number one, God loves praise and is looking for worshipers. Two, praise is the primary occupation of heaven. We'll do it for eternity. Three, God commands us to praise Him. Four, He deserves our worship and praise. Five, we were created to bring Him pleasure and praise Him. Six, praise takes us into His presence. Number seven, praise is a cure for spiritual dryness. Eight, it defeats Satan. And number nine, praise sets us free from spiritual bondage. Are you doing what you were created to do? Be sure to spend some time today just praising God. 
with Seeking Him. I'm Nancy DeMoss Walkman. 91FM, the truth. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Doug McCary with you live from Jacksonville, Florida, here at the Salem Center. And we are glad that you're with us. We are um, in the book of Acts, uh, Acts chapter 22, uh, verses 17 through 20, I believe. Well, through 30. But through 30, gonna, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, through 17 30. through 30. It's that basically we're finishing up uh, chapter 22, and uh, we're, we're looking at Paul's life paul is such an amazing life story his story is told six different times in the scriptures and other than jesus there's nobody's story that is told more than paul's story he is a great example that nobody is outside the bounds of god's power and scope to change and so you may have somebody in your life that you've prayed for, that you see is unchangeable. Can I encourage you that uh, look at the Apostle Paul's life. Go back and read Acts 9 through uh, the end of the, the, the book. Then read Paul's letters. Read at the, the rich theology that we got from Paul. Here, here's a guy God used to help us understand. Romans is the Magna Carta of the Bible. I mean, it is the – I mean, you, you read Romans – and it's so good at helping you understand grace and understand the depravity of man and so many things. Paul gave us that. He, he gave us Galatians, which talks about legalism, um, Philippians, really, and um, all those books that he wrote, the, the pastoral letters. All those came after Paul's conversion, mm-hmm. after his. God had to do a great work in his life. And so we're to stage in acts remember acts was written by luke who was a physician who was a traveling companion of paul's and he wrote um the gospel of luke and acts to a guy named theophilus trying to help theophilus understand the story of jesus in the gospel of luke and in acts he's telling how the gospel got from jerusalem to rome Mm. because that was a big thing when you stop and think about it the the Jewish people, even though they had scattered in the diaspora, uh, the gospel got from Jerusalem to Rome through Paul and his, uh, really his traveling companions, his disciples, the guys he and Barnabas and he and Silas discipled. And it's just a great uh, picture of how God can take a life that was diametrically opposed to his plan and say, no, you're mine, and he brings you back and then uses you for his glory. Yeah. And, um, and you know, we, we, we saw last week um, really when Paul started the first of his six defenses, literally from Acts 22 to the end of Acts, David, he is now going to be a prisoner for, for the rest of the time in this, in this particular accounting, as Luke tells it, that he is 
under change. He's he's called the Paul's or Christ ambassador in chains, and you know as uh, he goes back into Jerusalem, knowing that suffering awaits him there. Uh, the uh, last couple of weeks, we've been talking about what happened there specifically. And a lot of times when we read the Bible, we read over passages like that, and we don't really put ourselves in that position. We don't really go there emotionally. You know, we just read it's a story, something happened 2,000 years ago. But with Paul, I was thinking a lot about the riots that we've seen over the last couple of years. And how you get a picture, whether it's the George Floyd riots or whether it's just, um, you know, protest in different parts of the world, you see COVID protest or other protests and you see riots break out. It's a scary thing to be in the middle of a mob. Absolutely. If, if you're the one they're coming after. Right? Yeah. Yeah. A couple things in, in thinking about what you were saying and, and specifically about that. First of all, he this is what he was rushing back for from Ephesus and from Asia Minor, right? He was he was trying to get there originally for Passover because he wanted all the Jews together and as big a crowd as he could get to preach to. He didn't make it because of the threat against his life and the different route he had to take. So this but, is almost two months later. Right, but he's rushing back for Pentecost knowing that this kind of suffering is awaiting him. So your comment about riots and uprisings being scary, he's rushing headlong into it. Mm-hmm. Um, just like Jesus rushed, well, went to Jerusalem knowing what his fate is. I think the parallels between Paul going back to Jerusalem and Jesus going to Jerusalem to face his suffering are, are very similar. Well, there's so many eerie, yeah. eerie, like yeah. really uh, almost identical to Christ-type sufferings in here. Right, right. And when you think about who Paul was and the encounter on the Damascus Road where he said, you know, why are you persecuting me? And then he goes, he's, he tells Ananias or through Paul, through Ananias, Hey, he's going to suffer much. Right. Right. And, and you know, about that, you were mentioning this earlier. One of the things that struck me about the six times Paul's story is told. First of all, at the beginning, uh, you know, going all the way back when, when you said Luke is writing this to Theophilus and he writes, in my previous letter, I, I wrote all that Jesus began to do and teach, or meaning meaning everything that's happening here through Paul and the apostles is still Jesus working, mm-hmm. right? And we know that. But then the, the accuracy of what Luke writes in chapter 9 about Paul's story, conversion, and then how, Paul, how Luke records that Paul describes it here mm-hmm. in chapter 22, there's, there's no discrepancy there's no competing even little, with 26 it, and when he tells it again yeah, in 26 it, it, they're so all right, right there together right and the fact that you said that god chose paul the worst of the worst and paul calls himself the chief of sinners but one who was that's why the believers were so stunned and afraid because they knew how awful paul was yeah but it's our story and i know you're going to get into this it's our story too we may not have been going around holding the cloak of those stoning people like Paul was with Stephen, but we're in the same boat. And God made it a very spectacular, if you will. It's, we're all, the fact that any of us are converted is spectacular, but he made, you know, Paul, who was the worst of the worst in human terms and, and in sinful terms, God changes. And we tend to think, wow, look at what God did. But he does the same thing with us. Mm-hmm. It's just, 
we don't have as much publicity. <laughs> well, no, and you got to remember back then they knew who Paul. All these people knew who Paul was. He had built a reputation. He was trying to ascend into the Sanhedrin, and which is the seventy leaders of the the Jewish nation, basically the seventy spiritual leaders. Um, but we, you know, uh, Sir William Ramsey said that Paul's story is the second leading apologetic in history. In other words, an apologetic means a defense, something that defends uh, the faith. And he's saying that Paul's life, the transformation that took place, all the writings that happened after that, based on Paul's life, who he was after Christ and who he was before Christ, is the second leading apologetic, second only to the resurrection itself, mm, mm -hmm. which is pretty amazing when you stop and think about Paul, this guy who grew up in Tarsus. He grew up studying under the feet of Gamaliel. Yes, he had promise, but had no idea when he was studying under Gamaliel that he would be. Think about the impact he's had, David, through Romans. Think about Martin Luther in Romans. Think about all these people throughout history that have been impacted by Paul's letters and mm -hmm. Paul's writings. Think about how you and I have been impacted. Yep. And so as we look at this week, we're looking at Paul's life after that encounter with Jesus. Earlier in verses 1 through 16, we kind of looked like we looked at Paul's life before Jesus and how Jesus rescued him. And you can go back to last week if you want to catch that, uh, SWATradio.com. And by the way, I do want to make an announcement an apology that if you click on those on the website, the first two minutes are gone because we had a scheduling change here in the way we're the formatting of everything. And so we, we I think we got it worked out for this week. Maybe Jeremy, uh, Jeremy, give me a head nod. Yes. Come on. Yes. Yes. The answer is yes. Yeah. We're going to get that worked out. But uh, if you come in and you think you missed it, if you start it over, you're going to come right back to the same place about two minutes into it. That's because we used to start at two after the it's hour. It's just Brad and I talking about golf. Yeah, anyway. whatever. <laughs> but uh, anyway, you can go listen to that. And I, I really believe that last week and this week, uh, Acts 22 is a powerful um, chapter in Acts about Paul's life and his defense this first defense is he just kind of tells his story. And like David said earlier, it's our story. Our story should point to his story. If you don't have a story, then you may not know him mm. because he, no, nobody just is automatically in there. You can grow up in a Christian home. You can go to church your entire life. That doesn't make you a believer. I think some of you may remember I shared my mom's own, own testimony. She was in church. She was leading a group, and she realized she was not really his. Mm -hmm. And so um, as we look at this today, some people will know their whole life the gospel is true, but they don't respond to it. They don't make a response. Until you make that response, because we have a responsibility, and, you know, we've we kind of, David, we talk about God's sovereignty and we talk about human responsibility and there's people that capitulate between those. Uh, some people would say, I'm a Calvinist. I believe in the sovereignty of God. Some people say, I'm an Arminian. I believe in, you know, we choose. And they both are true. Mm -hmm. There's there's uh, what uh, J.I. Packer calls 
Uh, it's a paradox. They both are true, and uh, we have to respond to the call, but God's sovereign. We can't come to him unless he draws us. Right. Paul is a great example of a guy who was not seeking Jesus in any way, shape, or form. In fact, he was going diametrically opposed to him, and Jesus came in and said, you're mine. Yeah. Stop, stop where you're going yeah. and follow me. I loved what you said last week, which was Paul thought he was representing God and he didn't even know him. He did not know yeah. God. Yeah. Nope. We're going to take our break here at the bottom of the hour for the news on SWAT Radio. Glad you are with us. And uh, we'll be back after the news to continue here in Acts chapter 22. News. I'm John Scott. President Biden says there's good news. And the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. Expect some delays because of a crash in Nassau County on I-95 northbound between State Road 200 and U.S. 17. Also, there's a broken-down vehicle in St. John's County on I-95 northbound before the World Golf Village exit. Partly cloudy tonight, low 43. Tuesday, sunny and not as warm, high 64. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm A.J. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network serving Anastasia Island at 91.9. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing back. Stood on this stage night after night. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Doug McCary uh, coming to you from the Salem Center Studios here in Jacksonville. And we are looking at uh, Acts chapter 22. We've been talking uh, briefly in the last segment, reviewing Acts chapter 22, 1 through 16, where Paul is speaking to the uh, to the <laughs> folks that were rioting just in the previous chapter, calling for his life. And he's taking the opportunity to give them the testimony of his life. And in 1 to 16 of chapter 22, we saw Paul giving an account of his life before Jesus and then how Jesus rescued him. And Doug, I know you wanted to add a few things there. Yeah, well, I wanted to go back to what you were talking about because I was talking about the sovereignty of God. And I want to point out two things here related to verse uh, 16 and the passage itself. Just talking about God's sovereignty. Paul did not seek God. He wasn't seeking God. He didn't know God. And he thought he was serving God. He had spent his life thinking he was serving God, but he didn't know him. He didn't recognize him when he appeared in front of him. And a lot of people say, well, we worship the same God as, uh, as the Muslims, as the Jews. If you do not profess the Jesus Christ, if you don't know the God, the Father of Jesus Christ, then you don't know the God, the Father of Abraham, God, the Father of Isaac, God, the Father of Jacob, God, the Father of Joseph, David, uh, Samuel, 
just fill in the blank in the Old Testament patriarchs and, and, and servants of the Most High God. You may know about those people from a historical standpoint, and you know, may know about that God. But when Jesus was in front of Paul, he did not know who he was. Who are you, Lord? Mm -hmm. He appeared to him, and he did not know who he was. And Jesus said, I am Jesus of Nazareth. And a lot of people, uh, I think there's this sentimental desire to build a bridge to say, yeah, you know, we all believe in the same God. We don't. Jesus said, you follow your father who is Satan talking to Jewish leaders. So there's one God. Yeah. There's one true God. And that one true God is God the Father of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And the Bible is full of passages stating that unequivocally. Jesus said it about himself on several occasions. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The only way to the Father is through me. Yeah. God, I and the Father are one. You know, Paul writes elsewhere, if, if righteousness, if salvation could be gained in another way, then Jesus died for nothing. Yeah, and and, and, and I'm not saying go up to a Jewish person Correct. or a Muslim and say that. I'm just saying don't say we worship the same we God. We can't compromise. No. It's not loving or kind. We should be loving and kind in the way we present things. Yes. But we should not equivocate or comp or, or uh, I'm looking for another word, or or you don't compromise down, right? you don't compromise, compromise is the word i'm looking yeah. for thank you you don't compromise right? we don't change that um for the sake of to your point building a bridge because it's not building a bridge no it's building you're, a chasm well yeah you're built well you're giving them a false truth that the god they worship is the god of israel it's it's yahweh it's not yahweh if if they do not trust in jesus right Right, plain and simple. If they, because <clears throat> Jesus said, "Listen, if you knew my Father, then you would receive me. Mm -hmm. You would, you would know that I'm from Him." Yeah. And so, I just, and the other thing I wanted to bring out about last week that we, you know, that people sometimes um, get confused on is in Acts six uh, twenty two sixteen. When you look at Acts twenty two uh, sixteen, it, it the the way it, it's kind of recorded in english makes it seem like he says now why do you wait rise and be baptized and wash away your sins calling on his name um that's really not the the order necessarily because the modifier is calling on his name what be baptized and wash away your sins uh it, the 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 way it's kind of written in the original is the emphasis there is on calling on his name. And we know nobody is saved by getting baptized. Otherwise, the thief on the cross would not be saved. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, Paul would not say, I thank God I didn't baptize any of you. You know, why would he say that? Paul's message was, uh, when he wrote Romans, he says, how, how do they believe? They, one, by the preaching of the word and they call on the name call mm -hmm. on the lord jesus right. believe on his name right that's how people come to faith in christ yeah the baptism was an outward expression of an inward reality and some people uh have created denominations where they say if you don't get baptized 
then you're going to hell. And if you don't get baptized in our denomination, yes, <laughs> yeah. you, you've got a problem. Yeah. So, and yeah. so it is uh, not what that verse says. That's not the context of the verse. And that's why it's really important. And that's why we try to teach contextually when we go through these. So, um, yeah. yeah, that's a great point. And, and you're right. It's an outward expression of an inward reality. It's an act of obedience mm-hmm. following conversion. Because because we are commanded as believers to be baptized, but it is not it is not a salvation <laughs> uh, based action. It, it, salvation occurs first, totally separate and apart. As we've always talked about, right? The Bible's clear about this. Our justification, our being declared not guilty, is an act 100% that God accomplishes through Christ. That's right. And 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 then we sanctification we it, which would include our being baptized and our being changed and conformed to the image of Jesus. That's a lifelong process that that we cooperate with the spirit in, but uh but we are not saved having anything to do with our own effort or merit. Yeah. And so um that the, the whole that thing has created a lot of confusion for some people. So, uh, in today's text, we're we're reading verses seventeen through twenty one, and we're we're looking at Paul's story in his life after Christ, as after Christ came in and changed him. And as we look at this, the way um, the way it impacts us is how is our life changed after Christ? Do we embrace what we see here? Because the same thing that is said about Paul here should be said about us in our life after Christ. So read verses 17 through 21, and we're going to come back and kind of look at this, uh, a life of service to God. After Jesus comes into your life and changes you, he's in charge. God's in charge. He's in charge. And, and this is what we hear Paul saying in his testimony as he's sharing in this defense uh, to the people there. Okay. So verses uh, 17 through 21. Yeah. Yep. When I had returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple, I fell into a trance and saw him saying to me, make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly because they will not accept your testimony about me. And I said, Lord, they themselves know that in one synagogue after another, I imprisoned and beat those who believed in you. And when the blood of Stephen, your witness, was being shed, I myself was standing by and approving and watching over the garments of those who killed him. And he said to me, Go, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. May God bless the reading of his word. These are the words of God. And as he read to you just now, and as David read this, uh, where does it say, Paul returned to when he returned to Jerusalem. Where'd he go, David? Temple. He went to the temple. What was the charge of the people? They were charging him with teaching against the temple, against the Jewish laws, against the people. And so Paul says, listen, when I had returned to Jerusalem, by the way, there was a three-year gap there from the time he went to Damascus. After his conversion, he went to Arabia. And we know that from Galatians 1, verses 17 and 18. Because um, when Paul's writing the Galatian church, he says in verse 17 and 18, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles. In other words, after his conversion, he didn't go up to Jerusalem right away, but he says, I went away into Arabia 
and I returned again to Damascus. Then, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem uh, to visit Cephas, who was Peter, and remained with him. So, he says he went up there and he, he was in a trance. The Greek word for trance there is the word ecstasy. It's a divine high, a supernatural consciousness. It's the same word we see in Acts chapter 10 with Peter. And so when Paul goes, he has this divine encounter in the temple, and God says, get out. You need to leave town. It ain't going to work out very well for you here. And Paul did what we all would do if God tells us to do something, we obey right away and go, right? <laughs> no, that's yeah. not what happened. Um, he told him to get out. The Christians were afraid of Paul. The Jews were alienated from him. And Paul then starts arguing with God. Have you ever done that, David? I may have. <laughs> God tells you to do something. And what he says is, they will see a change in me. There's no way, God, people aren't going to believe me. I was this way, and now I'm another way. And when we come back, because we got to go to a break, um, I will. I want to share a couple of verses. And if you want to call in, you're welcome to call in and and comment or question anything we've talked about uh, today so far. But I, I want to read a verse um, from Psalm and then one from Isaiah that just talks about God being in charge. We forget that sometimes, yeah. don't we, David? Yeah. And I don't think Paul was, uh, I think Paul's intentions were good. He, he wants to. Of course they were. Yeah, they always are, right? He wants to communicate to his people. But he, Paul's a pragmatist right, here. He becomes right, pragmatic exactly. thinking. Yep. If I just tell him, Lord, you got to let me, I can convince him. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, we're going to keep looking at that, and we're going to look at those verses in Psalms and on Isaiah when we come back. On SWAT Radio, as Doug said, give us a call at 844-777-7928. If you have a question or a comment, and we will be right back after the break. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. In Ephesians 2, it says that we are God's handiwork, literally his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And God has given each of us unique abilities to serve him. Brad Alden says sometimes we just need a nudge to use them. Listen as he explains today on Making Your Life Count. I would say whatever your passion is, you have to take a look at that and say, well, maybe God put this in me, but how would he want me to use it? 
I think each of us are responsible to try to be inclusive of other people around us and encourage them to use their gifts to do something great. God knows and understands your hopes, desires, abilities, passions, and struggles. He made you and he has uniquely equipped you to carry out his plan. Do you want to learn more about that? Go to makingyourlifecount.com. The Florida Georgia Truth Network, heard in Amelia Island at 91.3. I push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself. Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help. But I know I never win this war. I can never be, never be free without Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Doug McCary here with you uh, in our last segment today. We're looking at Acts chapter 22, verses 17 to 30, where we're uh, looking at Paul's life after being rescued from Jesus and looking at how that uh, our life should be a model of that in terms of uh, our life after rescue by Jesus being a life of service to God. And we're looking specifically today at uh, verses 17 to 21, um, and Doug, I know you had a verse, uh, Paul's been arguing here in this passage yeah. with God and I know you had a couple of verses you wanted us to look at. Yeah. Um, well, there, there are a lot of verses we could bring out just about God being in charge. Right. I mean, we, <laughs> there's so many, I mean, like when I read every day, when I get up in the morning and I spend my time reading, I see verses every day that remind me he's in control, mm-hmm. you know, he's over everything. Uh, I've been reading through Job. How many times through that book do you see it? But Psalm 135, verse 6, uh, you know, that just pops pops into my head. Uh, read that one. Yeah, yeah. Whatever the Lord does, I'm sorry, whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and on earth, in the seas and all the deeps. Basically, Anything he wants to do, he's going to do, right? If he, if, he, if he wants to do it, he's going to do it. Isaiah 14, 27 yeah. is another one. For the Lord of hosts has purposed, and who will annul it? His hand is stretched out, and who will turn it back? In other words, once God decides he wants to do something, or he puts his hand out to do something, it can't be stopped. That that's comforting to me. I don't know if it's comforting to you, but it's very comforting mm-hmm. to me because I'm his child. Yeah, he's my dad. He's my creator. He's my sustainer, and that gives me great comfort to know no matter what man says, no matter what any leader says, no matter what any government says, no matter what any um, military leader says, they can't stop God's unfolding plan they can't stop his hand if he goes to do something Mm. and there's great comfort in that think of the verse where it says god why do the leaders plot in vain or the nations plot invade god's god laughs or scoffs you know as though they're in control they think they're in control so one one more verse david isaiah 45 verse 9 isaiah 45 9 And, and the reason this particular verse strikes me is because what paul is doing he is arguing with god here isaiah 45 9 
I almost, to buy time, I almost said to you, is that in the Old Testament? Yeah. Uh, Isaiah 45, 9, Woe to him who strives with him who formed him, a pot among earthen pots. Does the clay say to him who forms it, what are you making? Or your work has no handles? Yeah, in other words, what what Isaiah is saying is, can a, can a pot complain to the potter the person that's making it hey i don't like the way you made me yeah or i wasn't made for this can you think of a time in the bible was there a person in the bible who said hey i'm not good at this or i'm not going to be good at this well moses said yeah. that yeah he said and, and what did god say to him he said you're the one i'll, I'll give you the words to say or he let aaron speak for well, him but, but, but he, remember he told him i made yeah, you I the made way you. you are right Right. So, but that and that that passage from Isaiah also Paul uses that right later in Romans when when and you and I were talking about this in the break going back to the sovereignty of God when people argue that God's not fair or why doesn't God choose this person and not that person Paul uses that and says can the can the clay say to the potter what you know why did you make me like this right Paul yeah. uses that that passage to describe that God does what he determines to do he is god and if you're listening out there one welcome to the crowd of those who fight with god we all do we all argue with him at different points in our life but it's easy at least it's easier i think to see the foolishness of paul arguing with god here instead of seeing it in my own life sure and when when you just to to go back to the text verse 19 and 20 paul in acts 22 is saying he's telling these people as they're listening to his story he says i said lord they will believe me lord they will remember who i was they will know that i persecuted that i even killed stephen i was there when that happened and they're going to see a change in me. They're going to see this. Lord, this can be a great a motivator for them. What, you know, we don't see everything he said. What we see is what Luke recorded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Paul was arguing with God, and he's saying there's no way people won't believe me. Now, what had God told him to do? He didn't say, Paul, tell me why you think you ought to stay. Yeah. He said, Paul, go. He told him to leave. And David, when I think back in my life, listen, first of all, I've never audibly heard the voice of God. I haven't heard an audible voice say, Doug, go do this. But I have heard God speak to me. Sure. Uh, just not audibly like that. When The more time you spend in his word, the more time you reading, spend reading and praying and, and communing with God, you do become sensitive to his voice in the sense of his movement he 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 does orchestrate circumstances but circumstances themselves are not a good indicator of god's will Mm -hmm. sometimes we fall into that trap Uh, we think because things are difficult well god doesn't want me here but god may clearly want you there i can honestly say when he he moved me from the fbi it was pretty clear he wanted me to go full-time into vocational ministry outside of working as a tent maker. Um, but but Paul's arguing with him, and we live in a time where the church 
has become very pragmatic around this country, at least, um, in ways that are really scary. Um, and I'm going to mention Andy Stanley's name because I know there's a lot of people that listen to Andy Stanley. But Andy Stanley has become very pragmatic in a lot of ways. And it's scary, some of the things he says. He says we need to untether from the authority of Scripture, from proclaiming the authority of Scripture, from proclaiming the inerrancy of Scripture, from using Scripture to reach people where, that people don't care about the... Um, they don't care about the authority of Scripture, so we need to just focus on the resurrection. Well, that goes right against what Paul says in Romans, and that, that creates a big problem. And one of the arguments he uses is he says, well, if you talk about the Quran, you know, if somebody talked to you about the Quran, you don't weigh the authority of the Quran. So he's almost equating the, the Quran and the Bible together as equal books and the Bible is like no other book in the world. The Bible is God's holy word to us. And I stand on that. You stand on that. Mm -hmm. Any believer should stand on that. Uh, and and I, I certainly believe Andy Stanley believes in the authority of Scripture. He believes in the, the sufficiency. At least he would tell you that. But what has happened is there's been a more pragmatic approach, not just with the Scriptures, with the homosexual issue and other issues that have come into the church, he even said that because a homosexual wants to worship in his church, that shows that he has a lot of faith that he would come there even as bad as the church has treated those kind of people, which that, that doesn't show anything except the guy wants to be there, but mm -hmm. that doesn't, uh, faith is not measured by you showing up in a church somewhere. Faith is measured by your obedience to God. And to say you love God, to walk in disobedience to his commands in Scripture is, is, is it's wrong. I mean, it's just wrong. You, it, Jesus said, if you love me, you will what? You will keep my commandments. Right. So. Um, and it doesn't mean, like we've said many times, and you've said this many times, it doesn't mean that as believers – we don't fall short sometimes of obeying his commands because we do all the time. But there's a difference between that and calling something that Scripture clearly says wrong right. Absolutely. And I think that's the, that's the differentiator here, that as Christians we're not claiming to follow perfectly. We're claiming that we don't, but that we believe what Scripture says about that things are what, what's wrong and what's right, and we repent when we have fallen but there's a difference between that and saying no no i don't need to repent of this because god didn't really mean that this is wrong well yeah that that and then people go well why do you pick on the homosexual issue well because we're not codifying adultery mm. we're not codifying in this country theft or greed we're not codifying lying but we are codifying homosexuality and sexual perversion and Paul says that is a sin against the temple of God. That that you know our bodies should be the temple of God. Um, so when you look at some, what some of these people are doing, they're using pragmatic approaches that are saying we know better than you, God. Mm -hmm. And that's why I wanted you to read some of those verses because God said, Paul, go. After he's arguing, he says, go. I'm sending you to the Gentiles. Now, here's the argument 
that Paul's making to the people, God sent me to the Gentiles. I didn't choose to go. God sent me. Do you get that? Because it was up to that word they listened to him. But when he said the Gentiles, they didn't want to listen to him anymore. Right. And he's telling them, God sent me to the Gentiles. It's a brilliant argument. The same God that you say you love and that you say you worship, the same God that you declare is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob told me to go to the Gentiles. In fact, he said in verse 14, the God of our fathers. Right, right? exactly. That's exactly right. So, David, it is good to be with you Uh, again. You'll be back on Wednesday. I will be here on Wednesday. Yep, I'm glad. And uh, Brian Andrew will be in here tomorrow. And he will do a great job, our buddy Brian from the Mandarin SWAT Group. Thanks for being with us on SWAT Radio. We're always glad and appreciate your listening. Uh, Make sure you tune in to Brian and Doug tomorrow. I'll be back on, on Wednesday, and we'll see you then. WTRJ, Orange Park, Jacksonville, WAYL.